Welcome to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. In each episode, two-time NCAA champion coach Jay Wright chats with figures from across the spectrum of the Nova Nation and beyond. Current players, prominent alums, and national basketball figures are all part of the mix as we honor the 100-plus year history of one of America's most storied college basketball programs. The Talking Villanova Basketball Show, hosted by Jay Wright, originated in 2001. The program, now in its 20th season, shifted from terrestrial radio to the world of podcasts in 2019. This is a production of Villanova Sports Properties in conjunction with Villanova Athletics. Hartford Funds is in its third season as the presenting sponsor of the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast. We invite you to settle in and enjoy as Coach Wright takes us into today's conversation. We welcome you to this episode of Talking Villanova Basketball presented by Hartford Funds. And Coach Wright, I'm going to turn it over to you to welcome our special guest. Thank you, Michael. And I got um, one of my favorite people in the world, not even basketball in, in the world. He's got such a great perspective on, uh, on life and college basketball and just people. So uh, welcome, my man. We have Mark Few from the Gonzaga Zags on. Hey, well, it's an honor to be on. And, and uh, I share the same uh, sentiments with you, Jay. Our talks are, uh, are uh, always a highlight of my week or day. So uh, it's been a long journey to where we finally are right now. So I'm, I'm glad to where everything is currently on this day and, and where, where it's heading. I know, man. So we can, we can um, share with all of our listeners here during this pandemic when, when I'm driving to the Jersey <laughs> Shore and, and you're driving to your lake house. Yep. A 45 minute, 50 minute drive. We have 45, 50 minute conversations, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and our enthusiasm level rises as we get closer to our destination <laughs> so, so. and our stress and our stress level drops <laughs> it's uh i think people would uh they would they would laugh to, if they saw the the pictures when i finally arrived send you a picture of the beach send me a picture of the water skiing it's it's been I, i'll tell you man you helped me get you've helped me get through the pandemic it's been it's been awesome yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And it's so, uh, it's so good to be able to share. L listen, coaches need that. You know, everybody needs that, quite frankly. But I mean, coaches, you know, I don't think everybody realizes our jobs are 24 hours a day. I mean, we're getting calls from players and assistants and, and recruits and all that. And we're kind of on all the time. So it's, it's good to have places to go where you can just kind of, kind of, you know, bring it down a couple notches. Exactly, man. Well, we, I think we both have our, our spots. Uh, I got the Jersey Shore and you got your beautiful yeah. lake. What's the name of that lake that you're on? We are at uh, Hayden Lake, uh, which is just a little bit north of a really what's became a hugely uh, popular destination right now. It's just booming, even with COVID, is uh, called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's a gigantic lake up there that's got all kinds of resorts and golf courses and things and that's about 30 minutes from here and then uh, our lake's just a little bit north it's not quite as big and a lot less social a lot more 
lot, lot quieter. So that's why we decided to stake our claim there. And I gotta, I gotta ask how, as we do this, um, how you guys doing with the, the fires and the, the smoke and, and, and all of that that's going on? Uh, it, it's been crazy, Jay. It's been, uh, this is probably uh, day nine now or something uh, with it. And uh, it's hard to probably to, to get uh, an understanding when you're not in it. The, the, the skies have been amazing. I and mean, we haven't actually seen the sky for probably seven days out here. It's just been, it would be like a foggy morning in Philly driving to work or something. That's what it's been like uh, literally every day. It's usually you get up and you, we all go to the weather thing on our phone and check. And what we all do now here is at the bottom of your weather thing on your phone is what called the AQI, the air quality index. And we just all look at that wow. and see the, uh, I mean, it, ours has been as high as 400, almost 500 uh, when it was really bad. Now it's down into the, the 160s or whatever, which is, but, uh, you know, we even, we didn't even have school on uh, Monday. Wow. Wow. And how yeah. close are the closest fires? That's just well, the smoke, right? Yeah, that, that, that is literally smoke that has been the wind changed and it brought it up from Oregon and some of the fires are in Washington. You know, th this is the fire season. Look, uh, there's so much room out here and so much space and so much timber and so much grass everywhere that, you know, we have these quite often, but never uh, ever to this extent. And uh, Oregon's the one that's really got pounded. I, that's where I grew up uh, is the area that's getting pounded right now. And, uh, uh but right where the university of oregon is 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 still unbelievable like you fly i flew down there to see my folks and uh it was literally the street lamps were on at 11 in the morning wow man yeah well i, I hope all, they're all fine man we'll pray for all of you and uh yeah appreciate you know, that. that you know with that said an interesting place to start you did you grow up right near the university of oregon is that is yeah. that where home is Home is a little tiny town. When I was growing up, it was probably between 1,500 people and 2,000 uh, total. Uh, it's a, a big timber town, a lot of, lot of loggers, a lot of people that worked in the, the mill around there. That, that was the industry in that area in Oregon, and a lot of them are like that in Washington here. Uh, my dad uh, was and has been until probably until four years ago the presbyterian minister there at the little tiny presbyterian church uh and he, he probably i think he set some unofficial record because a lot of times well much like priests uh they they move around a lot or get assigned to different areas he was a uh minister there for 54 years the same uh little church and, and it's just an absolute uh icon in the community i mean he's been you know you know was president of the school board i remember him refing or excuse me umping my little league games <laughs> called me out on a, on a i always i still remember this he called me out on a strike three one time like, you're up bad, like ringing you up and you're just like what <laughs> and uh but just uh, hey unbelievable uh uh you know situation to grow up in you Played all three sports at a little tiny school like that. Um, we actually lived in the uh, 
I still get, lived in the house that joined up to the church. Uh, we wow. lived in that until my uh, sophomore year. That was part of his compensation. You know, they don't really pay you anything, but you just, so we had six of us living in this little tiny uh, house that joined up to the church. So, uh, wow. uh, but uh, it was great. I wouldn't trade it for anything and uh, got a lot of great memories from uh, uh, there and, and uh, just playing sports with my buddies and growing up. And, and we were a really, really, really uh, successful uh, basketball kind of town and school had a great uh tradition of that and that's what uh, we ended up being number one my uh senior year and um that's kind of what fueled my love for hoops and and uh and I still have kind of the same a lot of the same things that my high school coach used to do I mean we kind of try to do here at GU wow that's awesome stuff how what what got you to to Gonzaga what was was Bam Fitzgerald there when you were there, or was, did you go under Munson? Uh, well, what got me there was Dan Munson. Dan Munson's dad, Don, was the head coach at Oregon. Yeah. And I was a high school coach, just kind of bumming around. I was substitute teaching uh, at the time. And uh, Dan uh, had just gotten to be the assistant at Gonzaga, but he was running his uh, – he'd ran his dad's camps forever. Back then, you know, summer camps were big and all, and still are. We have a big one here, but uh, Dan would run them for his dad. And so they'd hire all the high school coaches as counselors, much like they did back where you guys are at. And, and uh, so all of us, you know, we were all the same age. We'd end up palling around and golfing afterwards and having fun. And uh, they had an opening. Dan said, just, hey, we got an opening uh, up at Gonzaga. It was for what? what used to be called the part-time position and college yeah, yeah. basketball that then became the limited earnings position. Uh, and I thought, Hey, I was single. Like I said, I was kind of bouncing around. Uh, I was coaching basketball, but it, it was really hard to get a teaching job at that time in Oregon because the jobs are pretty tight. So uh, I kind of jumped at the chance to come up, join them, uh, slept on Dan's couch in his uh, uh, apartment. <laughs> uh they uh was paid i think i got paid a grand total of fifteen hundred dollars for the entire year entire year <laughs> and i just slept and part of it was just you know uh if i didn't have the room and board at dan's place i never would have been able to to get it done but dan fitzgerald was the head coach just really really bigger than life colorful irishman that uh you know was kind of beloved in the community and 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 even started getting uh, pretty popular uh, nationally after the Nike trips and stuff. So uh, uh, we were assistants under him for almost ten years. Did did Dan? What was Gonzaga before Dan Fitzgerald? And did Dan Fitzgerald start it? Start the the prowess, or did Dan Munson get that going? I mean, you know, it's all, you know. He, he, under Fitz, obviously Dan Munson got hired and then he hired uh, me. And then we both hired a, uh, a guy, a buddy of ours from the Eugene area named Billy Greer, who, uh, and that was kind of the, the core group. Um, we were really, really bad when I, my first year there, I remember walking in the gym and just kind of like, I could not believe these were division one players. I mean, it, we were just 
bad. And, uh, Your first year uh, as an assistant. Well, my first year, that first year when I was crashing on Munson's couch. I mean, it was <laughs> like, I think we won, uh, well, back then they were playing four non-Division one games. We barely won all four of those. <laughs> and I snuck uh, by a couple of them at the buzzer, it seems like now. And then I think we won four Division one games. So we were not good. We progressively started getting a little better. And then... Uh, you know, obviously the breakthrough, or, uh, finally Dan Munson took over in 98. Uh, we won the league in 98 and, uh, uh, but didn't, we lost in our league tournament. So we didn't make the NCAA tournament. And then in 99 was uh, the big year. We, we uh, were able to win the league. Uh, at that time, they were still doing the WCC tournament. I, I mean, I guess picture maybe the, uh, uh, back then, like the league, you know, Fairfield and those guys are in where yeah, we would yeah. have to go play it. We, they would never in a million years have it in Spokane. We always have to play it on somebody's home court. Uh, and it's like on Santa Clara's or Loyola's or, you know, somebody like that. And uh, so we had to go down there after winning the league pretty decisively and then play a road game to go to the, uh, you know, to get in the NCAA tournament. And that special team in 99, man, they were a bunch of, tough guys hey, who was dick out that dick out was after that right yeah that was after there's a kid named uh good italian guy named santangelo oh yeah 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 it was a great I little player that. we had a little bahamian uh, uh point guard that was just tough as nails uh named quentin hall and uh so we, we won that uh kind of unfairly we got sent to uh uh seattle to play I mean, unfairly for Minnesota. Poor Minnesota uh, had to play us in Seattle. And the night before, Jay, the the first game, that was when Clem Haskins stuff broke. Wow. <laughs> it was happening wow. the night before. And I remember going to, like, team breakfast, and you're like, what? Because they, like, you know, three of their guys were ineligible. So we ended up winning that game, and then we uh, uh, upset uh, – uh, Stanford with Mike Montgomery, who was like a two seed with Mark Madsen and, wow, and a, lot yeah, good, yeah. a lot of good players. Yeah. And uh, then we ended up uh, in Phoenix and just had a barn burner of a game against Billy Donovan in Florida and a kid named Casey Calvary tipped the ball in right at the buzzer. And we ended up playing UConn down there and literally went down to the last minute or so. Uh, the little uh, Quentin Hall did a great job on uh, Khalid El Amin, but uh, Rip Hamilton hurt us, and uh, and they ended up getting us right at the end. Uh, and that was their first. Uh, that was kind of their emergence onto the national yeah, scene. Yeah. I remember, right? That was Coach Calhoun's first. Uh, they went on to win the national championship that year. Yeah, that was '99. And then, as always happens in our profession, you know, Dan started getting a lot of interest. And a couple, a couple of them didn't happen. And then, ironically, Minnesota ended up swinging back around and hiring Dan really, really late in August. And then they moved me up in uh, uh, August to the head coach. Was, was there when, – when Dan took that job, I mean, did they interview other coaches? Or did you know at that time that you would be the next head coach? Yeah, the cool thing about Gonzaga – 
Jay, is, uh, I, I mean, at that time they knew, they, you know, they that their coaches were having other opportunities and they couldn't maybe compensate them quite as well, but they would kind of guarantee them that they'd be the next head coach. And it was actually like Dan was able to get it from Coach Fitzgerald and then Dan was able to put it in his contract that I'd be the next uh, head coach. And, and uh, you know, now this thing has grown so crazy here since then. But, I mean, we all know that Tommy Lloyd, my assistant for all these years, he'll be the next head coach here too. So that's one of the nice uh, things we got going. That is really valuable. That, that um, level of consistency – in, in a program, um, continuity. Yeah. It always amazes me um, how that's not valued as much as it should be. And not, not just out of loyalty. I mean, loyalty is one thing, but um, for, for your players, the consistency, the connection to your history, uh, you guys have done that. Through, I mean, I even know, I, and I remember Coach Fitz. I remember you and Tommy Massimino and those guys Yes. Hanging out together all the time. And, and I remember thinking, wow, this Gonzaga crew is wild, man. These guys, these guys can these guys can drink some beers, man. They must have a lot of free time up there. And they win too. It's amazing. That was that yeah, those were a little wilder days back then, as you can uh, <laughs> uh, attest to. But yeah, yeah, it's funny. I say that all the time, you know, both of us get calls from administrators about hiring people and all that and it just it never ceases to amaze me like if if they have a successful culture uh why they don't just continue to go keep going down that road you know with the assistant because as you know i mean it, yeah, assistants have you know they're a huge part of this i mean we have we, we got a lot of different hats we got to wear me and you and and having you know, assistants. I mean, I call them co-coaches. I mean, I lean on my guys a, a lot. And uh, I think that's been a, a just a probably the biggest key of our sustained success up here, man. And, and you touched on it great. I was, I tell this in recruiting, like for our former players to come back and still have the same people around that they were coached by, you know, and the assistants and all that. And even the assistants that have left, uh, you know, Billy Greer went to be the head coach at San Diego. He was here a long time. Leon Rice was my right-hand guy up here for a long time. He's a head coach at Boise state. They're still connected. Uh, you know, just like Baker Dunleavy is for you and all, all the guys that you've had are, they, it, they're Villanova guys. Yeah. You know, they might be coaching somewhere else. But they're Villanova. When I see them, I'm like, hey, that's a Villanova guy. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, I, I think that's really special. I think that's, you know, and I'm not saying this because it's me and you on this talk. You and I say this all the time. And I, and I tell people this. I even tell people this in recruiting that I think the two strongest cultures right now are Villanova and Gonzaga. And I, I just believe that. I appreciate that, man. I, and, and, you know, we, we do talk about this. It, it's, um, it's always uh, interesting to me that the, the product that we, that we both have, and I always I see your guys out there, I see them in the NBA. I remember when we go to awards and they, they're getting awards, uh, at a, you know, National Player of the Year. 
um, the way they conduct themselves, the way they represent Gonzaga, the, the, you can tell how much the program means to them. That's what college athletics is all about. You know, that, yeah. that's the difference between the NBA and you, you guys do a great job of it, man. All right, we're going to take a little break. Then we're going to go into this year's college basketball season, right, Mike? We're going to pause here. You're listening to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast with Jay Wright, presented by Hartford Buns. Back after this. When Mother Nature strikes, count on your certaintyed roof to perform. That's the commitment we've made to homeowners for more than 100 years. For roofing you can rely on, look no further than CertainTeed. To find a CertainTeed credentialed contractor near you, visit CertainTeed.com. This is a shout-out to the professional tailgaters, game-day grillers, and potluck pros. Whether you bake it, smoke it, stack it, or melt it, there's nothing more important about how you cook up your team spirit while serving it with an ice-cold Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, or Coke Life. We may not all agree on the best game day foods, but when you serve your meals with a Coke, you know you've got yourself a winner. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. ExxonMobil and Dunn Manning, proud sponsors of Villanova Wildcat Athletics. This podcast is brought to you by Hartford Funds, a leading asset manager based in Wayne, Pennsylvania. While other investment management companies measure performance against the S&P 500, Hartford Funds has a different measure of success, investor satisfaction. Hartford Funds, our benchmark is the investor. Welcome back to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast, and we resume our conversation with Gonzaga head coach, Mark Few. Oh, that's great. I could ask Mark a million questions, and we, we just uh, we, we were talking before we came on here um, about the Zag culture, which is nationally known and respected. And, and again, it's funny for you and I to be talking on air like this because we talk about this all the time, but in building our cultures. But what, what, are, what are some of the things you're doing now, given, or is it different? Is it the same? given uh, the, 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 the new world that we're in, uh, what are some things you're doing now with your team um, to prepare them for this season? Well, well, I'll tell you one thing that we added, and uh, we were talking about this off air, and we actually added it because, uh, uh, you know, we'd always, we'd always kind of just grown our team chemistry and, and uh, you know, I mean, our school kind of fosters it. Uh, being kind of a smaller school and, you know, a little bit isolated out here. So, uh, but we really needed to have a, a real plan, uh, you know, to kind of take it to the next level. And, and it really started amping up after uh, we absolutely got our ass handed to us by Villanova in the garden, <laughs> throttled. Uh, and I remember saying to my staff and saying to some people that like, you know, we literally got out Zag, which I should have said got out Nova, but like for us to say we got out Zag is the highest compliment I can, we can pay anybody just cause that means a lot to us. I mean, that means everything to us. That's yeah. who we are. It's our, that's our mantra. And uh, so it, it took us down a path where, um, you know, we are way, way, way more um, involved with things not on the basketball court now as far as, as helping us grow as a 
as a team and a program. And so we have these things called PGMs. I have, my strength and conditioning coach is just the most phenomenal person. And, he, and he's really, really uh, dove into this stuff. And I mean, I think he's one of the best guys in the country now as far as team building and, and just handling all the things that, you know, are above the shoulders, you know, individually and collectively as a team. So we have these things now called PGMs. They're called Personal Growth Mondays, where the team just meets with him, no coaches, and they dive into all kinds of different things, you know. And he and I talked before, uh, you know, usually to kind of plan. I'm like, man, we're not very together. Or, man, you know, we're not very tough or we're not very, you know, I think we got some, you know, we're, we're worried about our pro careers, not what we're doing today or, or whatever. It can be a myriad of things. And then he will tailor may, you'll kind of tailor that week's discussion to that, or, you know, pressure, maybe we're putting too much pressure on ourselves. I mean, that happens at our two programs because the expectations are, are so crazy. And so quite honestly, the, the, you know, a lot of the messaging is kind of dealing with that. Uh, so today, ironically, like, we're heading out zip lining instead of uh you know doing our normal workout at a one so we're heading up into the woods which i know is a hard concept for you east coasters to comprehend <laughs> but uh, we're gonna be no. zip lining 100 feet or 200 feet above the ground from tree to tree and and so you know what it, it's uncomfortable for some of our guys and it's but it you know we put them in different groups and we kind of scientifically put different guys and different guys to grow those relationships and then and it's fun and uh, then we'll come back and then we'll have a team session you know uh kind of tying in the messaging that we want uh with that so i mean i'd say that's changed enormously from when i mean the 21 22 years ago when i first became a head coach and you know, I just wanted to practice them three hours every day because I was so insecure about my own uh, <laughs> you know, coaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta tell you that not all East Coasters are as bad as me with the out, outdoors <laughs> stuff. I, I give you a bad, I give you a, when we have our talks, I give you a, a bad example of East Coasters. They, <laughs> they do enjoy the woods. It's just not me. If I'm not on a, a beach or in a city, I'm not comfortable. That's, there's a lot more people who would appreciate that more than you would know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, all yeah. Right. No, no. They, Pocono <laughs> Mountains up <laughs> here, Appalachian Trail, all that. They, they're into it. It's you, you just got a bad, you just got a bad boy out here in me. That's city or beach. Because but, for you viewers, I invite them all the time to come out here and go fly fishing <laughs> with me and float a river, and and he's <laughs> just like, like I don't know. He's just no way. I like I like having a beer with you when we're on the road. I get that I don't know. That's that 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 uh that what you're doing today with the team, that would have me up in the air like that. I don't know. But but that's but you know, being uncomfortable, that it's it's important. And I know everybody everybody here marvels at your guys' culture, everybody in the East Coach. Can how would you define it? How would you define it for for young coaches, you know, let's say here on the East Coast that, that get to see the Zags, but don't get to be as close to it. Oh, wow. Um, well, the first thing I would say is it takes a lot of work. And I think, like I said earlier in my career, we just would kind of assume that 
man, you know, the 99 team was so close that, you know, the 2000 team's going to be close, you know, and, and, you know, we've came to find that you, you have to work on it just like anything relationships need work on. And, and so uh, I, I talk about it a lot. We talk about it a lot in practice and, and in any of our meetings. And then, you know, we do the all kinds of different things to try to bring guys together. But I, I would just say, uh, and again, as corny as this may sound, uh, and it's my impression of certainly of Villanova too, is, you know, why the guys are here and we've all, both of our programs really elevated with a lot of NBA level guys, why they're here, you know, man, they're playing for the name on the front, man. And that's all they care about. And everybody usually puts their own selfish desires somewhat to the side and selfish desires are great, man. I, I think to be really, really good at this level, you have to have those, but we, we put them aside and, and there's a, there is, I know this, man, there is a genuine love that our guys have for each other uh, while they're here that then gets carried on um, after they leave. And probably the biggest thing that, you know, I don't want to go all soft on you here, but moves me to tears, you know, <laughs> as I get older is when my former players come back and see them hanging out with my guys right now or guys that they played with. Or even like down, like down in the bubble, the pictures that my guys were sending me, all the Zag guys were having dinners, you know, the 10, 11 guys. And a lot, they didn't even play together, you know, but they're, you know, they're connected and they're friends now and they hang out and they're doing all this stuff. And uh, that to me is 100% of what our, our culture is all about. And, and then just, you know, man, just representing the school and, out in the community and nationally uh, the right way, saying the right things, doing the right things, and, and just being a, being a good guy. What, what, is the, um, what, what are the challenges that come with that? I, I know, um, you know, like you said, at this point, you kind of know what, it, what a zag is. If you're being recruited, you, you, you kind of know you, you got to fit in there. Yeah. But even, even with that, even with that, um, what are the challenges that you still face? You explain it to a guy when you're recruiting him, he gets there. What are the biggest challenges that you face keeping that culture strong? I, I think just as we continue to attract, you know, talented players, um, that, that have NBA aspirations and should have NBA aspirations. That's why we were recruiting them. You know, there's so many things pulling at them and the pressures that they're under now, uh, you know, to succeed and, you know, I mean, you and I talk about this, to succeed, to hurry up and succeed, you know, and it used to be you could kind of get them to take their time, but there's so much pressure for them to, you know, to maybe, get to the league after year one or year two and, and uh, just trying to get them to just slow that down a little bit. If it happens, it happens. And we're here to help foster that process. And we're here to do everything we can to put them in position to get that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like this latest kind of generation is just under a lot of, 
whether it's from family or, you know, outside media, they've always been in the limelight from all the recruiting things and all that to just their own internal uh, things. Uh, you know, again, just, hey, you know, have fun while you're here. I, tr you know, try to tell them, and we both get this, that these are going to be the best years of your life, man. <laughs> so enjoy the heck out of them. And sure as heck, they come back three, four, five years later after they're in the NBA and say, man, I sure miss, I sure miss those locker rooms, man, or those hangout sessions after, you know, bitching about the coaches and, <laughs> and, and you know, they just miss that. They don't have that at the next level because it's, it's, you know, it's a business at the next level, which is okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I just say that. I mean, it's, it, you know, that, as you know, man, these, the guy, the, this latest run of guys, man, they love to work, man. Mm -hmm. They will work out 365 days a year and there's no, it's not, probably the hardest thing is keeping them out of the gym sometimes just giving them a break yeah man that, that is that is true you, you've also done an amazing job with foreign players getting them to fit into uh into the zags culture and as you and i both know a lot of foreign players are coming to the states because they want to play in the nba i i hate to generalize them and and, and you can clear this up maybe if i i shouldn't but is it more difficult or is it easier or is each guy an individual just like the American players are to get the international players to, to fit in? Cause you, you've done an amazing job with them. Well, I mean, I, I have an unbelievable, I mean, Tommy Lloyd's a hands down the best guy in the country. I mean, he's just had so much experience overseas that he can kind of weed through, uh, you know, ones maybe that won't buy into our culture and things like that. So I, some of the work's done before they get here. But I, I would just say this, because, you know, our system over here with AAU and with all the, you know, attention and the filming of the games and the rankings and all this and that, um, they don't have that over there. Uh, and so for them, the recruitment is a heck of a lot easier. Uh, and there's far, far, far less a sense of entitlement when they get here. I mean, man, when you give them the first pair of shoes, they're overjoyed. Uh, and I, I think people really, really underestimate the toughness that they have to uh, exemplify to come over here. I mean, they leave their families and their friends and their language and their culture and they, and they just literally get fully immersed over here. And sometimes they don't get to go back for a year or two years or, or anything. So, uh, I mean, I, I just admire how tough they are. I mean, I could have never done that at their age. And, uh, so there, it's actually, and it, you know, again, I'm with you. You don't hate to generalize, but I, you, you kind of almost can because almost all of them have been just phenomenal. Just their work ethic and their, their eagerness to get coached, quite frankly. I mean, they've been very uh, eager to get, to get, to take coaching and to take player development and all that. And then they just have such an appreciation for anything. I mean, a team meal, <laughs> you know, a pair of sweats and, and, uh, I think sometimes that's lost on our entire American 
culture, you know, quite frankly. That, that's, that's very cool. I, I, don't, I don't particularly really remember any, but there, I guess there have to be some guys that do leave the Zags culture. I don't know of any. But, um, what, what, what happens in that case? Have there been guys transfer from Gonzaga? From Gonzaga? I don't yeah, know. yeah, uh, we've had some. It, 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 uh, not many. Um, and it's, and, uh, you know, I think it's all been, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't a negative thing or anything. It was all, you know, it was something that they wanted to do. And we were all, uh, pretty much good with it and tried to help them. I, you know, we did have one that, uh, a uh, kid named Grant Gibbs left who played with Creighton and McDermott. I don't know if Creighton was in your no, – in the know. league then. No. That was when uh, Doug McDermott was just – I mean, he was a good player. He needed to go back home and wanted to go back home. And, and ended up – it was awesome because he ended up having a great run with uh, the McDermott's there. Uh, but not, no, I mean, I, I think much like your place, I think people enjoyed here. And then I also think I, – I mean, I always admire you guys for – God, the incredible success you've had to still selectively recruit people that fit Villanova. Yeah. And I know that's hard because you guys can get anybody in the, in the country, but I, I just admire how you guys, you guys know what you're so dialed in to know what you're doing and know what works that, uh, you know, you end up taking Villanova guys and, and uh, that's what we try to do here too. So then I think that lends itself to less, you know, transferring down the road. Agree, agree. I, I actually, I never saw one from Gonzaga. I just, um, I, I got uh, a thought that you guys, that you and I have talked about a lot is this basketball season. So we finally, on this date that you and I get to talk here, we, we finally figured out we're starting on November 25th. I think you and I texted since we found out, but I don't know if we, I don't think we've talked. Um, your thoughts about the start of the season, how it's going to impact the Zags starting on the 25th instead of November. What were we supposed to start? The fourth? Yeah. Instead of the fourth and, and the season. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I think both of us knew it was kind of heading this direction. And I think, uh, I mean, and like, I talked to the team yesterday. I just wanted, I mean, we just had a, made sure we had an attitude of gratitude just to be playing, man. Just, I was just saying we need to, there needs to be so much enthusiasm and energy in this little workout today. Cause I mean, thank God we're, we're playing. And it, as you and I can both attest to, I mean, I think there were times when we'd walk off our calls and go like, holy, Moly, I mean, are we going to get this in or not? Um, uh, but uh, I'm excited that we are playing in that window. Um, it was something that I, after going through it this summer with my own team, you know, with everybody being gone and, and just us on campus practicing, it just kind of dawned on me that, that that's when I knew I think we could really pull this off with college hoops. And, and uh, um so, I mean, I, I think now that we, we have this date, it's good. We all need concrete things to kind of, that we can work for, work towards. And, and now that'll be it. You know, the next thing that's going to be hard is, 
and it's going to test the will and uh, you know discipline and kind of focus of our teams and uh, and I think it's actually going to hurt the Villanovas and the uh, Gonzagas and the Kansases and we're not going to have any home games, man. And we got great home crowds. I know you have a great home crowd. We have an unbelievable home crowd. And so now every game's just going to be, you know, just competing. And, and you're not going to have that crowd firing you up and all that. And, and some guys will be used to that because they don't have very good home crowds. But I think that's going to be an adjustment for your players, my players, and stuff like that. But, uh, again, I'm just trying – I'm just – man, I'm happy we're playing and, and – uh, I know my guys just want to go out and play as many good games and tough games and have fun uh, doing that and then, you know, get ready for the NCAA tournament, hopefully, at the end of the year. Yeah, man. Well, we're, we'll continue to uh, work hard together. And I, I just want to throw this in at the end, man. I appreciate your time. Um, and as much as I admire you as a coach, and, and I, I do – um, appreciate your counsel and, and, and the ideas we share together. I'm most impressed with your ability to wakeboard behind a boat. Wake Achieve, surf. Wake surf. Wake surf behind a boat is the most <laughs> incredible thing. I, I would never do it to you personally. I would love to put it. I begged you for a video of it. I got it. I wouldn't put it out there on you, but I want our people to know, everybody on the East Coast or oh, – You can put it out there. Anybody know, in San Diego it. thinks they – you know, <laughs> in L.A. thinks they can surf. They got to see this, man. It's, it's impressive, man. So, yeah, you know, hey, to, to, to all the people watching, I, I try to send Jay one, one a week of either me or <laughs> his, uh, surfing behind the boat in the lake just to kind of make sure he's not stressing too bad. So, I just kind of throw that out there and – now your son is a little better. I give him that. He's a, he's a little bit better. He's but, a lot better. He's a lot better. That <laughs> move the, at the end of the last video. If I can get the 360 without the rope, I can kind of enter into his little, uh, you know, realm. I'm almost <laughs> there. Almost there. You're the best, my man. I, I appreciate you spending time with you. I'll get with you. I'll call you when we're done here. But thanks for doing this with us. Tell Marcy we said hello. Hey, it's been uh, it's. Totally uh, my pleasure, man. I mean, I, I hope everybody back there realizes what a uh, absolute gem you are for to be to have, for Villanova to have you. Uh, God, for me to have you as a friend and for college basketball to have you. I mean, you are as good as it gets. And, and I mean, you've had opportunity after, after opportunity to do other things. And, to, I mean, college basketball, I always say this needs you and uh, – uh, you're, you're a one of a kinder man. So, uh, congrats on everything. And, and like I said, we've, we've had to emulate what you do at Villanova to, to help us out here. So, uh, uh, I appreciate you. We'll keep, we'll keep working on that together as long as we don't have to play each other. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See you buddy. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thank guys. you, man. Thanks, Coach. Thanks to Coach Mark Few. Uh, coming up next, we have a new segment, Geico Inside the Wildcats. We'll join that after this. J.J. White Incorporated is the single-source, multi-trade contractor for your next construction project. Since 1920, J.J. White Incorporated has been constructing with knowledge and providing service with integrity and safety. Visit J.J. White online at jjwhiteinc.com. 
Are you looking for something imprinted or embroidered? If so, let Campus Clothes help you get the look. Whether your team is in the corporate office or on the athletic field, Campus Clothes can supply your team with all its needs. Visit us on the web at campusclothes.com or give us a call at 215-357-0892. You may not play well, but you will always look good. If you think your debit card can't help you with your financial game, you're probably not using the red key. Introducing EasyUp by KeyBank, the tool that helps you reduce debt by setting $1 aside from your checking account every time you use your debit card. Automatically racking up savings and paying down debt with EasyUp. It's how you make financial progress. KeyBank is member FDIC and the exclusive retail bank of Villanova Athletics. NovaCare, the exclusive provider of physical therapy to Villanova. The Wildcats choose NovaCare. So can you. Stop by Great American Pub, Bar, and Grill with locations in Conshohocken, Wayne, and Phoenixville. If you're looking for fine food in a casual atmosphere, Great American Pub is the place for you. Come out to Great American Pub for great food, great times, and great fun. For more information, visit us at www.greatamericanpub.com. We'll close it out today with a new segment on Talking Villanova Basketball presented by Hartford Funds. It's called Geico, Inside the Wildcats, and we'll focus on Villanova basketball specifically in this segment with Coach. And Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And Coach, it's been a, obviously a very different summer. Can you just kind of bring us up to speed on, on where your team is? Came back to campus on August 17th with the rest of the Villanova community. Um, you know, doing workouts now, but under COVID protocols. What can you tell us about that? It has been a, a wild summer, Michael. It has been for everybody. Um, and um, we, we feel just um, so blessed that we got back here together, everybody healthy. Um, and, and I was, I think our entire staff was really impressed with um, the discipline with which our guys approached um, spring and summer, you know, from March 12th, we didn't see them. We gave them a couple weeks off after March and then we started talking to them on Zoom and Coach Shaq um, communicating with them about workouts. We are the assistant coaches, um, you know, sending them workouts and um, them communicating with us, weighing themselves in and eating healthy. Um, we were really impressed. It, it, and I really you know, want to stress that they all did a great job. And um, a couple of them, even beyond our expectations, you know, Jermaine Samuels, uh, Cole Swider, who those two actually got to get together. They met in um, Massachusetts, Cole being from Rhode Island and um, Jermaine from Franklin, Mass. They met in a, a spot midway and worked out together. Um, uh, just, uh, Justin Moore came back in, in really good shape. And uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, really good shape. And they each did it different ways. And I don't mean to say that, that the other guys didn't at all. I just the, the, those four, in a surprising way, uh, maybe came back better than they would have been with us. I don't know. <laughs> I, 
um, how have the group workouts gone? You're in groups of four or five, uh, in, in four in most cases. Just how, how, how has that gone here over the last couple of weeks? Well, um, <laughs> you're asking me at a tough time because we're, you know, we've been doing it now since August 17th. It's frustrating. But when you look at it in the perspective of what's going on in the world, you know, we, we've got the guys in, in pods of four. The reason we do that is so that in case someone did um, contract the virus, then only four guys would be quarantined for two weeks as opposed to the entire team. So just like everything that we're all dealing with during this pandemic, um, you come up with a plan and then there's other issues that you didn't initially think of. Like um, in one of our pods, it's, um, it's Chris Archidiacono, Brian Antoine, Demir Cosby, Roundtree, um, uh, and, and a couple of our walk-ons. But Demir's hurt. Um, a couple of the walk-ons, you know, initially had um, to do some heart issues. So you want to have two guys going against each other every day the whole time, you know. Now, you've got some other pods that work out well. Colin Gillespie's really been hurt during this period um, and hasn't gotten to work out. So you got a pot of three there, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's been tough. However, given what the players have been presented with, they've done an outstanding job. Um, the assistant coaches having to be creative in um, executing skill workouts for these guys and, and keeping their uh, attention to detail and their enthusiasm. The assistants have done an amazing job. So we're trying to get to the point here uh, on the 21st, we're allowed to start as a team. We're trying to get our testing protocols in order and, uh, and uh, you know, all of our, um, our, our bubble that, our, that we're trying to create, we're trying to get that defined and so that hopefully we can practice as a team on the 21st for the first time. That's not a given yet, but uh, that's our goal short term. And then uh, it was a different recruiting summer as well. Typically at a time of year, you would be traveling to different places or maybe hosting unofficial visits here. Those weren't options with the campus closed. How did that proceed um, for, for the staff? You know, um, a lot of, learned lessons, um, a lot of uh, tough times, and, and sometimes it was easier, <laughs> you know, it, it was really, it, it, again, this is a time in, in, in our lives where we're, uh, you know, we, we're all taking on new challenges, we're learning things, we're, uh, I think we're starting to appreciate um, parts of our life that we didn't before, but, um, you know, usually in July, we'd be gone. You know, we're, we're here working out with our guys. And as soon as we finish with our guys, we're on the road. And then we come back, work out with our guys, back on the road. We're never home. Um, you know, to be home during July and be able to, to go to the beach was amazing. Um, but then, you know, you're leaving the beach every day, do Zoom calls, you know. <laughs> but that's not bad. Um, so, again, um, I think the creativity of our coaching staff, um, creating different types of Zoom sessions um, for, for our recruits. Um, Matt Fraschella, our video guy, um, Joe uh, Flannery also helps with video, coming up with creative ways for me to get with recruits and teach them what we're doing, educate them while still trying to um, 
kind of court them to come to Villanova. Um, uh, really a great job by our staff. I'm, I'm really excited about the four guys we have committed. Um, we're, st- you know, we're still working at it, but um, I think we got a lot more accomplished with Zoom recruiting than we ever thought we could. I think it gives us a, um, a vehicle going forward to connect with our recruits better. Um, you do miss that in-person uh, relationship. You know, we, we've got four recruits committed that haven't visited campus with us, you know, haven't even seen our facilities. Um, and <laughs> it's crazy. And we haven't been to their homes or with their, been with their families. Um, you know, a, a couple of them, you know, we, we, we have met before we have been with them, but not really doing the intense recruiting process, which is something we really enjoy. So um, like I've said earlier, it, it's just a, a, it's been a unique challenge, but I think one that's we've been very successful with so far. And uh, we've got to continue to be creative in, in recruiting by, uh, um, by Zoom and by FaceTime and, and, um, and, and see where that takes us. That was the Geico Inside the Wildcats. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Coach, that brings us to the end of a very entertaining episode. We thank Coach Mark Few, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Just a reminder, you can follow Coach Wright on Twitter, at VUCoachJWright. You can also follow Villanova Basketball, at NovaMBB, on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have alerts posted on those accounts whenever a new podcast is available for download. Or you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. And for more great content, check out the web home of the Wildcats, Villanova.com. For our producer, Matt Fraschilla, this is Mike Sheridan saying thanks again for stopping by. We look forward to having you join us again next time for the Talking Villanova Basketball podcast presented by Hartford Funds.